Hello, and welcome to the Parental Advisory Movie Podcast. We are your hosts, Jeff Ball and Patrick Terry. We're two dads with a love for movies. Join us as we discuss movies we have seen with our kids, as well as movies we have seen without them. All right. Hey, Patrick, how's it going, man? Happy post-snowpocalypse. Pretty good, Jeff. How are you? Yeah, man. Uh, all right. Things melted. So yeah. we're we're getting back to the way sh- we're getting back to where it's at least drier. Or, right. I mean, but now it's raining, so it's whatever. <laughs> I can't can't win, I guess. But it only stays above freezing and washes the excess away. Yes. Do your thing. Exactly. I immediately went and got my car washed yesterday because I couldn't see. Like, there was so much dirt and filth, and I cleaned it just using like Windex stuff, mm-hmm. and it still didn't get it all off when I tried to do it from the house just on my on my side mirrors and the windshield. I was like, all yeah. right, this apparently isn't going to work. So, uh, New York and I went and dropped off recycling, and then went and got the car washed because it's like I don't want to be one of those people that immediately goes, but at the same time. At the same time, I need to be able to see the, uh, you know, in the mirrors and out the windshield. So. Yeah, I did the same thing on Saturday. <clears throat> her, uh, my daughter's mom had come and met us at the food line to pick her yeah. up. And then after that, I went and ran it through the car wash. I still had snow on the the in between where the wipers were. Mm-hmm. So toward the end when it started, the, the dryer just blew all the snow out. Like, yes, get, get right. that mess out. Get it out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good. Yeah. Yeah, WandaVision's been crazy. Uh, York yes. is finally watching that. And there's a lot of interesting theories going around and whatnot. So that's been fun for uh, Ruth and I to discuss. Yeah. yeah the new characters being introduced, which of sorts, I guess. Yeah. So I, I'm and, digging that. And then the next three episodes will be an hour each. So. Yep. So I'm thinking 50 minutes, then 10 minute credits. Yep. Yeah. Well, the the funniest thing I've seen is that it says, you know, 30 minute show, 30 minute credits. <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> I hope not too. That's because that'd be some BS right there. Yeah. But um, yeah, the last episode I was just all right. I'm trying to stay away from articles and whatnot because I wanna because I want the one thing that happened. It was. Surprise, but not as a surprise because it was already right. discussed. So, I'm trying to just keep my my ears clear of and eyes clear of everything. So, yeah, which is hard to do if you get on the internet. So yeah. you're taking a risk. Yeah, for anything. For yeah. anything. Yeah. <clears throat> so, um, speaking of the internet and things you read on there, I read an interesting article that Variety put out um, regarding the Snyder Cut. Mm-hmm. And in it, basically, he's talking about how he didn't take, like, he's not get, he didn't get paid to make it, to make the Snyder Cut. And that um, that was kind of like when Warner Brothers was kept going, you know, press, not more or less pressuring him, you know, saying, hey, we really want you to do this. You know, you have free reign, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Because um, I guess a person with at Warner Brothers was not at all happy with the Whedon Cut. At all, because he reshot 75% of Snack, Zack Snyder's film. Yeah. I mean, think about it. They're going to end up making two two movies. I mean, obviously, they're making two. But, you know, the amount of money that 
between the two movies would have paid for a Justice League and a Justice League sequel. True. That's true. <laughs> it's just nuts. So I mean, and, just off this being his version of the movie, it's gonna it's gonna make it's gonna make bank. <laughs> yeah. And so in order for him to be sure he had complete control over the movie, mm-hmm. you know, over his cut of the movie and not have any sort of influence from the studio. That was part of the negotiating, you know, like, listen, I won't take, you know, I won't get paid, you know, I won't ask to get paid to make this cut. But in, you know, in doing so, I get, you know, it's, I get final say. And I guess when he, the footage he shot and everything, I I guess they only really just did, the only reshoots they did, they added one scene and that's it. Okay. And I think, and I believe the scene they added was the Joker scene that's in the trailer. That's yeah. the only scene they actually shot, like, when, let's say reshot, but I guess reshot, you know. And everything else, you know, was just, is was already shot, because they didn't have the, spe- it was just the raw stuff. That he had shot before he had effects, yeah. Special effects, music, or any of that. So imagine having to go back and do a second score. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, because, again, you know, the first, the Whedon one's like two hours long. This one's twice as long. True. Man. And to try and be sure that your score is fluid, I mean, I guess you could still use the score from the original, from the Whedon cut. But if you're not using all the same scenes, it's how are you going to make It'll it be different? It's yeah. so going to be weird. Yeah. It's yeah. so going to be weird. But, uh, I'm, but I'm getting excited. I mean, we're talking weeks away now like yeah like three weeks away almost yeah, but yeah like, I'm, getting, I'm getting i'm getting pretty excited about it i'm still just on the curious level <laughs> yeah well i'm definitely cautiously optimistic yeah but i think it's going to be better just because there's going to be a more backstory to mm-hmm. the superheroes which was only half-assed you know to begin with true and um, so I, I'm looking forward to that. And, you know, just everything else. Dark side, more cyborg in it and everything. So, um, yeah, I'm cautiously optimistic. And if, if there's actually no studio involvement, that that that's good news all, automatically. The director's cut. <laughs> yeah. Mean, it's not this, what the studio wanted. Or maybe yeah. it is. who knows? It probably will be after after the Whedon one. Be like, right. yep, this is good. We're on. Yep. Look us up. Before we get into the films for this week, I want to give a shout out to Scott with SP underscore Nation Podcast, who had me on to talk about the uh, filmology, or you know, two great composers, Jerry Goldsmith and John Williams, in which we discussed which one was better. And the duel between the two giants. And we had a really nice, interesting discussion. It's about 45 minutes long. I would recommend everybody check it out and give Scott a follow and his podcast to follow too. So it's um, that one basically centered on on film score and that and then those two, you know, com- big composer giants. But his other stuff is pop culture, mainly pop culture. So gaming, TV, all that stuff. Hit the subscribe button for him and, you know, Give it a listen. Let us let us know what you think about that episode, and and uh, 
if you think whoever we chose was correct or incorrect, shout out to Scott. I, was, I enjoyed being a guest instead of a host. It was really different. All right. I guess with that being said, we'll go ahead and get started, man. You're first this week. All righty. So first movie I'll talk about is the is the Yin Yang Master, Dream of Eternity, which can be found on Netflix. Uh, it was released February 5th, 2021. Two hours and 12 minutes is the runtime, and the director is uh, Jingming Gao. It's starring Mark Chow, uh, Ding Lung, Olivia Wang, Wang Duo, who's playing two characters. One is like an incarnation of his older character, and then he's also the, ma- the master of Mark Chow's character, uh, Xi Ming. Um, about a uh, yin yang master who takes his, his master's last wish and goes to capital city or emperor city to attend the heaven ceremony. So when it starts off, we see a young Xi Ming trying to create a protection spell, but he's having issues with it. Every time he forms it, it breaks immediately. So his master tells him he needs to focus on someone that he would protect with his life. To save and you know he says his mother so we tell him just focus on that but he's still having trouble but in the background we start hearing voiceover um which basically just gives us indication that he he wasn't successful in protecting his mom and then we see an older version of him still having trouble with the protection spell but um you know it turns out he's like the best student that his master has the only thing he has a master is the protection spell uh, what he does is he, kind of like Doctor Strange, he projects a portal. So if somebody shoots a, a projectile at him, it'll go through him or through the portal and just end up somewhere else. Okay. And so the master's like, you know, that's a cool cool little trick. But if, you get, if you're facing a powerful enemy, it's, it's going to be pointless because they can fight against that. Yeah. And so they immediately uh, have a, a demon serpent, like a huge demon serpent that attacks them. And so the master pulls out his three servant warriors, basically, and they're trying to contain it. But, you know, the serpent's too strong. Then you have other other uh, students come out from portals, pretty much like in-game. And right. they're all having their they're all projecting protection spells. But Xi Ming's not able to do so. So the master protects him. But in doing so, gets hit with a venom strike from the snake and... You know, that's pretty much death blow. But it's, gotcha. it's the venom venom that takes him out over time. But um, anyway, um, Xi Ming goes to the Emperor City. So here, that, that snake was just the incarnation of the actual serpent that's held in Emperor City that's being guarded by four guardians. But their power is waning. This is a, like a, a immortal serpent. So even if they slay him, he comes back, but they're able to keep him at bay. So they have to go back and basically recharge these guardian stones that keeps it secure. But it's also kind of um, a murder mystery also because four of the masters get sent here, but one of them ends up being murdered. And so okay. they're trying to figure out why that happened, you know, what happened there. Um, and then you have other suspicious characters like, you know, maybe someone isn't who they claim to be or they are, but they have something hidden in them. Um it's it's um it's mostly CGI 
action, you know, like from the trailer. Okay. You, you know what you're kind of getting into, but I thought it was pretty decent. The fighting's good. Um, special effects are decent. It's almost like watching, uh, I guess, Naruto or Dragon Ball Z, like a live-action anime. Okay. Um, it's a bit long. It's like two, two hours, 12 minutes. So toward the end, it, it, it kind of drags a little, yeah. you know. So they probably could have shaved a little bit of time off to gotcha. to help with that. But overall, it wasn't a terrible experience. I, I wasn't sure what to expect, you know. Yeah. But um, I thought it was a pretty decent action kind of fantasy movie. The set design, costumes, I enjoyed. Um, that's basically Game Master. It's on Netflix. Okay. Then a movie, this is like a couple, about three years old movie. I After watching it, I was like, man, I should have bought it when I when I saw it. Um, but it's called Ken. Yep. And um, I was able to watch this on the Tubi app. Oh, okay. <clears throat> yeah. I think it's on IMDb TV also. Yeah. Uh, but the original release was August 31st, 2018. Uh, hour and 42 minute runtime. And directors are Jonathan and Josh Baker. And it stars Miles Truitt, Jack Rayner, uh, Zoe Kravitz, uh, Carrie Coon, Dennis Quaid, and James Franco. So this is a uh, follows this little kid Elijah, who's um, adopted, but um, him and his brother are being chased by a vengeful criminal the feds and a gang of otherworldly soldiers. So like uh, his brother's an ex-con and they go on the run with the weapon of mysterious origins and as their only protection. Uh, so Elijah or Eli is an adopted teen in trouble for getting in a fist fight at high school. Um, he scavenges old abandoned buildings for copper and sells it off for cash. Um, <clears throat> On one of his runs, he comes across this mysterious weapon and like a pile of de- uh, bodies. And one of them kind of jumps up like not being dead. He just books it out of there. Yeah. And um, but at night, his brother comes home after being released from jail and um, starts having this dream like related to finding that weapon. And so he goes back, finds it, and he starts messing with it kind of t- tinkering with it and it's like like it's like responding to him it's working and whatnot right. he's able to activate some some features the mother in this family has already passed away and you know so it's just him and his dad um they kind of get along but not really you know it's kind of like that you know you're my adopted dad that's dennis quaid's character and it's like right. you know they kind of have their little bumping heads every once in a while but um jimmy's out of jail while he was in while he was in there was this group of people that kind of helped him along as far as money and whatnot. And he kind of built up a, a heavy debt of $60,000. Mm-hmm. So, so he tries asking for the money from his dad and his dad's like, you know, we're not doing that, you know, get out, you know, basically kicks him out from that. And then, um, so he gets an idea. So his dad's not always at work. So he has a safe of money. So he takes these people in and while, and they, you know, going to take the money out of the safe while they're doing that. Um, Eli is caught with having this copper and his dad explains to him like you know yes these buildings are abandoned but that's their property you know right. you know, you can't do that so he's like you know what we're going to do is we're going to go to my office I've got the numbers to these places and you're going to call 
and basically apologize. Um, he notices the gate is already open, so he goes in by himself, and then that's where he comes across Jimmy and his crew taking the money out of the safe. So, you know, Jimmy's trying to get his dad to leave. He doesn't. And, of course, Crime Lord, played by James Franco, takes him out. And so this leads them <laughs> kind of... <laughs> he goes, oh, hey, Tom. <laughs> Whatever it is. I can't remember. <laughs> Hi, Mark. That's what it is. Hi, yes. Mark. Thank you for like, correcting my screw-up. Maybe I can fix that in post. <laughs> but, he, but he plays Taylor, Crime Lord. So, fortunately, you know, all these movies like this, you know, parents can't be alive. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta have motivation. That's what be a Disney movie. Yeah. So from there, Jimmy and Eli go on the run. Jimmy's holding the secret of what happened, just saying, hey, let's go take a road trip. Dad said we should go, and um, he'll catch up to us. And so they go on the run. They even go to a strip club, um, yeah. befriend one of the dancers. And um, yeah, you do. Yeah, <laughs> right. Regular adventures in babysitting, but with an alien weapon. Exactly. Um, and of course, you know, Jimmy being drunk, he tries to dance with the dan- with the dancer, and, you know, that's not allowed. And so I decide, I'm going to go get my, my weapon and get, him, get my brother out of the situation. And he fires it for the first time. And it's a very powerful weapon, to say the least. Um, but they... I like the movie overall. Like I, I wasn't, I wasn't sure what I was gonna think of it. Yeah, but um, it's yeah. kind of like a nod to old '80s sci-fi. It, movies. it is really. Yeah, I, yeah. I watched it. Uh, I watched it a year or two ago, I think. I think yeah. I, I think I checked it out from the library back when we were able to do that. Um, yeah, I checked. It, I think I checked that one out from the library and and watched. It. And I was trying to, and I kept trying to decide: Do I think York would like this? Do I think it's appropriate for him to watch this? Because between the scene and with the strip club, and I think there's some I can't remember. I know it's PG-13, mm-hmm. but I can't remember if like it, if it was because of language, or if it was just like certain more adult scenes or what. But yeah, because first you know that that scene in the strip club, I was like I forgot it was PG-13, so I was like, hmm. But you know, it was played like one of those. Clubs where yeah you just can't be right. clad more it wasn't right. like nude it's more like lewd it's more yeah more like yeah. Independence Day kind of strip club <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> but um but yeah it was it was just a surprise like you know especially the end yeah when we got to the end I was just like oh all right I kind of I kind of hope they well, I don't know if they, I don't know if continuing the story would be good but. They left it open where they they cop they could if they wanted yeah. to, <clears throat> but um, yeah, it was just a surprise. One of those. Yeah, it's. I don't think it got. I think when it came out, it didn't quite get the marketing push. That yeah, probably should have. Yeah, um, trying to remember when did this come out. Uh, also, you forgot Michael B. Jordan had. Michael B. Jordan had a little cameo in it too. Yeah, I was trying to just hold off on that since, in case folks hadn't seen it, but oh, okay. I know oh, it's like sorry. a three-year-old movie. Spoiler. Yeah. <laughs> but um but yeah that was that was part what I was saying toward the end and he kinda was telling Eli yeah. what what was up basically. Yeah. And um August thirty first. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, if they would just had a stronger push, because I mean I know that's like kinda towards the end of the summer. Mm-hmm. But I mean that could have done a little bit better. I don't know. 
Yeah, it was one of those movies that was on my list to watch at the time, right. but yeah. I, don't, I think it was maybe it was limited, possibly because I never, I was never able to catch it. And then yeah. I saw it at Target once for like eight bucks, and I was like, I don't know. Now I wish I had bought it then, because <laughs> it's Probably definitely worth worth picking up. Years old. Yeah, it's worth picking up though. Yeah, and Very if not, if you're not gonna buy it, it's just worth watching. You know, you can Certainly. watch it on yeah. IMDb TV app or IMDb app, and you can watch the. The TV feature or Tubi app. Yep. So, if you're okay with ads, it's worth checking out. Yeah, and again, uh, you know, probably, oh, probably twelve years, twelve, twelve and older, maybe. Yeah, I mean, I it's mean, got some. Depending on, it, but... I mean, then again, if your kid is like my kid, who's one of the parents has allowed them to watch John Wick, this will be a fine movie to watch because yeah. he's clear now. <laughs> He's, he's, I'm like, elevated. I don't like, so I'll get into this later, but, yeah. you know, with this specific trailer that came out, and so I'm having conflicting, mm. oh yeah, conflict, conflicting decisions. We'll get to that later. Yeah. So stay tuned for that yeah. discussion. <laughs> uh, let's see. Yeah, I think that's all for that movie. And then one we both watched, uh, I Care A Lot, which is also, which is on Netflix. Uh, February 19th, which is this past Friday, our 58-minute runtime, director is Jay Blakeson, and starring Roseman Pike, Peter Dinklage, which when I saw him, I was like, yeah, I'm going to watch this. <laughs> I'm going to watch yeah. it. Um, Issa Gonzalez, Diane West. Weast. Uh, Weast? Yeah. Weast? Yes, oh. W. Yeah, I-E. I, I think yeah, I wrote I, it down. I wrote it down wrong. <laughs> uh, Chris Messina, Isaiah Whitlock Jr., and basically follows a crooked legal guardian who drains the savings of her elderly wards, and um, <clears throat> meets her match when the when the woman she tries to swindle turns out to be more than she first appears. Uh, I'll say. I almost didn't like this movie. <laughs> there's, the there's, no, there's no protagonist. Yeah, and then until the end, I was like, okay, it's kind of satisfying. But um, basically, she. Oh, uh, well, I guess. I mean, yeah, for, for, never mind. I remember that. Sorry, the yeah. end, and not the yeah. end, and then. Yeah. Because yeah. where I saw yeah. yeah, gotcha. So she basically preys on elderly rich people who live on their own, and through the help of a doctor that she knows, she gets basically a. You know, over, uh, I guess um, over the top doctor's note to the doc to the to the court system to say that they can't care for themselves, so she should be their legal guardian. And once she has them in a healthcare facility, like a nursing home, she basically just drains their assets, whether it be selling their house, uh, possessions they have that are worth money, and that's how she pays herself. And she actually made a business of this. She's got employees, an office, like she's just. She's found a legal way to do this because this is definitely not it's not it's not morally right. Um, so the when they get new I guess new clients they call them cherries, mm-hmm. and um, so this one is um, <clears throat> Jennifer Peterson, who to for her knowledge lives alone has no next of kin, and. Is you know pretty wealthy, 
So it's just, I wonder if this stuff really happens, though. You know, I'm pretty uh, sure it does. So apparently it does. Uh, what did I, I read something somewhere, and it, <laughs> which is a great, yeah. a great way to word that. I read that somewhere. <laughs> but but honestly, I didn't <laughs> read that somewhere. That that actually really does happen. Oh, uh, yeah, because I, as I was watching this, I just happened to be on the Twitter. Don't hate me. Um <laughs> And someone was talking about how they just watched it and then it like posted some article about how that, you know, this is actually a thing. Yeah. So shortly after getting her settled in, she is um, approached by a lawyer that's, you know, basically just saying, hey, I've got some, like, I think it was 150000 and just release her and we'll be good. Otherwise, you're going to wish you hadn't, hadn't, done, hadn't done this at all. Yeah. But, you know, she's really... I guess you can say she's she's really arrogant, narcissist. She's, she even says that she never loses. So yeah. whatever challenge you have, she'll face it, you know, whatever. Um, so she does not take the offer. Um, uh, just So it all starts off because Jennifer misses the date with her son yeah. that they do every once in a while. And so he just happens to be like a, uh, what is it, a Roman, I mean, a, He's a Russian mafia Russia, person. Yeah, Russian Basically. mafia person. Out of Cleveland. Yeah. Out of Cleveland. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's like, that's kind of specific and random and not really the city I think of for a Russian mob to be in. But yeah. maybe that's why they maybe that's why they do it so well. Stay undercover. But, um, you know, he's really hell-bent on getting his mom out and whatever. By, by any means, he'll do it. <laughs> and, um, yeah. I mean, it's just to the point where uh, Marla... Almost loses her life. Yep. And to the point, you know, I was like, man, it's not worth it, man. Just release her. You know, they're trying right. to move on to you your get, next person. Yeah. You've got all these awards that you already have. You got your got your mural of pictures on the wall. Like, it's not worth it. <laughs> it's too much trouble. Just release her. Be done with it. But um, nope, she's too headstrong. She's like, nope, I've got her in. You know, she's already I mean immediately auctions off her house, like sells it, repaints it, empties it out, and just I was having, I was struggling wanting to like this movie too, because it is listed as a very, you know, as a dark comedy. I mean, it's like even IMDb under its categories has it listed as comedy, crime, mm-hmm. thriller. They just ought to take comedy out because I didn't laugh once in this movie. I don't think. No, I was, I was kind of frustrated the whole time. <laughs> yeah, because I, I was like, pissed what? off because I don't like this main character at all. Right, which I know you're not supposed to. But uh, I was like, yeah, she's doing a good job of that. Because <laughs> then I remember she was in Gone Girl. I'm like, that's why yeah. I didn't like her in that either. <laughs> yeah. Which Because their character is fairly yeah. similar. Right. And it's, it's almost like a continuation. Like, she decided to get into being a guardian. <laughs> I, was like, I, I was like, I like you better as a Bond villain. I like you better as a Bond girl. <laughs> oh, man. But yeah. But, yeah. But like I said. Toward the end, I was, I, as you see where it's going, I'm just like, no, I can't end like that. <laughs> no. Yeah. Oh, I'm like, I'm going to be even more mad that this is how this movie ends. Thank God it doesn't. But yeah. I was like, I'm going to be so pissed that I wasted almost two hours watching this movie that's just aggravated me throughout the entire film. Because <laughs> there is yeah. no one you're, because you're real. I mean, I'm not really rooting for anybody. You're kind of rooting what? for Dinklage because he just. Just to get his mom out, because that's a shitty way to do that. Yeah. Yeah. But 
he's not really that much of a likable character either. No, no. I mean, but you don't really, you don't necessarily, go ahead. I'm just saying because he's a killer, so you really don't, you're not really cheering for him either. You kind of, because he's been in hiding so that he doesn't get arrested for all the bad deeds he did in Cleveland or whatever. Probably prior to that. Yeah, it's just, so I'm not really rooting for him either, so I'm like, I'm not rooting for the doctor who was played by Alicia Witt, which I did not recognize her whatsoever. Yeah. At all. I'm like, oh. But I do love Christmas Cena and wish he was in wish he was in the movie more because actually he was the one character I actually liked in the movie. Yeah. And I I mean Yeah, and this it's just a movie full of characters you're not really gonna like. But it is I mean but it is kind of at the same time kind of hard to take your eyes off of watching the movie though, because you want to see how it does play out. You want to see if she gets her comeuppance. You want to see if the mom gets out. You want to see how this whole thing ends. But you're going to be frustrated the entire time you're watching it though. Right. Which I think is part of the <clears throat> point. I don't want to say the whole point, but I think what they're trying to do with this movie is shine a light on the fact that stuff like this actually happens. And that there are people that try and take take advantage of people that have money but are deteriorating either mentally or physically in health and basically just trying to legit capitalize on on their uh, on their age and you know in, in health which yeah. just irritates you know that's I'm like I have a hard time wanting to watch this. Right. They're like, how does she make a how does she have a whole business? Like a literal office, yes. a secretary, other staff. Want to work for her knowing that that's what she's doing. Right. She's got her, her partner slash partner. Lover. Partner. Yeah, partner slash yeah. partner. <laughs> and um I'm just like everybody that's involved in her line of work is you know, is 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 something wrong with them. Yes, and then the then the judge, them. I'm like he's oh yeah, hella, he's hella gullible. <laughs> Like just well, because he has a doctor, he's also probably. I think a lot of that too, is if he's been doing just that, yeah. for, for a number of years, you know That's he's just it. gotten complacent to it and it's just, yeah. and doesn't really give a shit. He's just okay. One thing. Point. So yeah, Isaiah Woodlock in this role, but yeah, he has he doesn't do his catchphrase. No, not once. I was just I was like, come on, he's got plenty of moments where he could have said that, once. I'm like, I'm like, all right. <laughs> so I'm glad that it ended the way it did. <laughs> yeah, it's like <laughs> it's like Arnold not getting a chance to say I'll be back. I'm like, this is some bullshit right here. Yeah, yeah. Improvise that shit. Right. Just. Uh, but yeah, but it's an entertaining movie. <clears throat> You're not gonna like these characters. <laughs> no. Um, Rosamund Pike did get nominated for Golden Globe for Best Actress in a Comedy or Musical. Neither of which is this movie. <laughs> I mean, there's music there. There's music, but it ain't. Yeah, her character gets cool. gets you know laughs a lot about her what she's doing. So yeah, I just <laughs> oh, I fucking can't. Stay. I did not like. I like I like the movie. I, I I like the message I was trying to get across. I just did not like the characters in this movie. <laughs> no, they they succeeded in that. Like these are characters you will not like. All right. Yeah. Like, and I have, because, you know, some, some reviews are trying to say, well, 
she does a great job being, you know, as a feminist, trying to basically do what men normally do, but <clears throat> being cold-hearted and basically just doing it for the money, not really doing it for anything else, because she wants to be rich, because she wasn't, she's, cause she grew up poor and wants to have, you know, wants to have a lot of money, and this is just the way she's going to go about doing it. Yeah. I get that. I see that. But it does... I think even if it was a dude in this role, he still would not be a likable character. Like, there's nothing that would make it likable. No. Like, at least if she was even somewhat charming, you would be kind of like, okay, well, she's, a, you know, or sneaky, but, you know. Or if she legit was trying to be a legal guardian and then at some point turned to just getting anybody because, you know, there's, you know... Like, if she was just legit taking care of these people because they couldn't take care of themselves, right. and then at some point had that idea, like, well, shoot, I can just make up something and get these rich people and take their money. You know, if she had right. kind of had that kind of backstory. Or, you know, she, you know, pe- taking care of people that didn't have money and then get some yeah. a-hole that, you know, right. that screwed people over his entire life. Right. And See, I wish they'd done uses, that. Uses that as a grift to, yeah. then, to, then, to help these other people. See, be like Robin Hood. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it would, that would be a much better movie, I think. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's like, there's some kind of good at what she's doing. Yeah. There was nothing. <laughs> she dressed well. That's there you go. I don't know. But it, the movie frustrated me. Yes, that's. <laughs> then you put that on the poster. Yeah. <clears throat> this movie will frustrate you. Entertaining and frustrating. It says Porno Advisory Movie Podcast. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, that's all I've got for this week. All right. So we're going to go from talking about how you have someone as a guardian assigned to take care of people, take care of the elderly, to going to talking about a film in which elderly people say F this noise and decide to go off and live in their vehicles. With that, that's my segue to yeah. talking about No Madeline, which talking about two movies that are <laughs> dealing with the elderly, but in two different ways. One, one being they can't take care of it, so you got to take, you know, you have to have someone take care of the finances. Two, basically, a woman that journeys through the country, um, through the U.S., taking odd jobs here and there, but living in her van, choosing to, like not. Yeah. Um, but she loses her husband. Um, he passes away. And decides that she's going to journey through the American West, living as a van-dwelling modern-day nomad. Uh, but yeah, it kind of one of the catalysts of the film, I guess, in what gets the story moving is that uh, an economic collapse of the of a company town in rural Nevada. Uh, Fern packs her van and sets off on the road, exploring a life outside of conventional society as a modern-day nomad. Uh, this is the third feature film from director Chloe Zhao. Uh, Nomad features real nomads, Linda May, Swanky, and Bob Wells as Fern's mentors and comrades in her exploration through the vast landscape of the American West. I can see why everybody loves this movie, like why it's getting so many nominations, so much praise and all this stuff. This movie, you know, as somebody that that really enjoys watching documentaries, I don't know if you mm-hmm. knew that. No, <laughs> you know, I have I no watching, idea. No, no. <laughs> None at all. Neither is <laughs> no, no clue. <laughs> this movie looks like it's a documentary. Like, you know, there's actors in this. Yeah. And then there's these other people that you know, 
I didn't spend any time looking up to see if who these characters were, if I've seen them in anything else. Because I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to sit and watch this. Let it wash over me. I'll look it up later. Yeah. So basically, just the movie stars Francis McDormand as Fern and David Strathairn as Dave. That's pretty much it. Everybody else is just, they're, I mean, they're real people <laughs> that they met and incorporated them into the film. David Strathairn's son, Tay, actually stars in the film as his son in the movie, James. But it basically, this is a journey of, after, you know, the economic collapse of her town, plus her husband's death, she's size to travel and it's shot like a documentary as far as the journey the close the way they'd kind of do like the close-ups and the way they kind of just shoot people just interacting and having conversations Mm -hmm. so it's almost as if this movie is half narrative and then half documentary if that makes sense but that's what struck me was that by having which i think is a genius idea really by sticking in everyday nomads or people that, you know, live on their own. I don't I guess you could say they're technically off the grid. I don't know <laughs> because they don't have a residence or yeah. um, a few have phones, have cell phones or cameras and stuff like that, but not many, but they kind of use like kind of like a barter system as far as, Hey, I've got this, you know, can I trade you for that? You know, type of thing. Yeah. It's pretty interesting, but it does show Fern, working odd jobs here and there and then traveling and then moving on from where she's at shows her living in her little com- i guess what they call those conversion vans or whatever i mean it's not like the old 80s like astro van or whatever they used right. to have like the tables and stuff like that. it's nothing like that but it's basically looks like a white panel van with curtains <laughs> you know i mean it's basically what it is yeah but she it shows her cooking food and using the bathroom and stuff like that in her van which is kind of weird but you know and but it does it follows her through various different parts of the country there's a beautiful scene where she's in the badlands of south dakota beautiful beautiful landscape shots and just beautiful to look at you definitely kind of want to watch this if you're you know if you decide to watch this you definitely want to watch this kind of on a big screen just to get the full scope and of of the film it's very beautiful it's there's not nece- it's not necessarily plot driven because it's just her journey and she does kind of deal with like her car like the van breaks down like what do you do when the van breaks down you know and you have to get and you know need a new part and you only have so much but you don't currently have an actual job and you're in a city that you don't live in and don't know anybody you know it's you know, kind of tackles those things. And then where does she go while the car, because she obviously can't drive it and the car is at the shop. Where does she go? Because that's also her house. <laughs> so True. it's a, uh, but it's, I really enjoyed it in the way that it's not something that's been portrayed on screen before. I think it's a good look at, you know, they, her meeting new people, you know, meeting people and getting to know them and finding out their story and talk, you know, basically her, depending on who it is, you know, she'll reveal parts of her and um, her story. And just, and it legit gives real tips because these are real people 
on how to survive while you're out here, you know, shows that repainting the car, it shows, you know, fixing things and what do you do? Like you have a hole, you, if you've got a hole in your tire and you don't have a spare tire and you're out here by yourself, you know, you have to think, think ahead and kind of need to be, you know, or else you're going to be out here by yourself and you may end up dying if nobody comes around. So, uh, it's very thought provoking. It kind of makes you think that there's, I mean, cause these, like, again, these, the majority of this cast are just real people doing this. Yeah. And fascinating, really. It's, it says here that, you know, Francis McDermott blended into the nomadic community so well that one of the local targets offered her an, an application for a job. Uh, Francis's experience of living in a van took four to five months covering seven states. She adopted a lifestyle of being constantly on the move to make the movie seem more authentic rather than just acting the scenes because she's very method. I mean, that's I don't think anybody will disagree about (laughs) Francis McDermott's acting style. Uh, She nicknamed the van uh, used in the film Vanguard, which she decorated with her own personal items and slept in during the shoot. Eventually, she stopped doing so because, quote, it's much better for for me to pretend to be exhausted than to actually be exhausted. Agreed. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's pretty interesting. I really enjoyed it. Uh, the company town, Empire, Nevada, is a real place that was owned by uh, U.S. Gypsum in 2011. U.S. Gypsum closed the mine and subsequently the town with it. Workers and their families were allowed five months to, of continued residency in their company-owned homes after the closure. The zip code would have even later be discontinued as Empire became a ghost town. It is based on the nonfiction book Nomadland by Jessica Bruder. It is, yeah, I would recommend watching this because I think it's fascinating. And I think you'll learn a a lot about a culture that you weren't aware of beforehand. And, you know, it's, yeah, it's definitely uh, worth checking out for sure. I'm curious. I'm curious how it's going, how it's going to do as far as uh, awards and stuff like that. Because um, for something that's getting a lot of praise and everything, it's kind of an, indefin- an independent film. I mean, it's it's not one of your big studio Hollywood blockbusters. It's one that's kind of, you know, if it, I think if it didn't have Francis McDormand and had somebody else in it, it may yeah. not get as much buzz as it has. Or maybe it would. I don't know. I mean, overall, the film's phenomenal, and I think people should check it out for sure. So, speaking of movies that are like a documentary, lastly, I got around to watching the documentary. Oh, you can find Nomadland on Hulu, by the way. It dropped Friday on Hulu. You can check it out there. So, moving on, I watched Icarus on Netflix. It's from 2017. It's coming in right at two two hours. It did win Best document, Documentary Feature and the Academy Awards for that year. If you haven't watched it yet, uh, Icarus follows Brian Fogel, who also directed the film, and when he sets out to uncover the truth about doping in sports, a chance meeting with a Russian scientist transforms his story from a personal experiment into a geopolitical thriller. Basically, Brian Fogel's a bicyclist in, in an effort to uncover the doping scandal in the bicycle community, uh, or the not bicycle, that just sounds... Like a bunch of teenagers riding on bikes. Or kids riding on bikes. In the competitive cycling. There we go. 
like with Lance Armstrong and all that, that's kind of what this investigation kind of brought that out. Basically how you can cover up, how you can dope and have it covered up for testing during the Olympics, during Tour de France and all those others. And it, uh, yeah, it really shines a light on how they do it and how that you can conceal it. And basically it follows, it follows Brian Fogel and this scientist, uh, Grigory Rachenkov. I'm getting better with names, but yeah, it's, it's definitely worth checking out. It's very fascinating for sure. Cause it shows him doping up. Cause I mean, it shows basically the, uh, Grigori sending him, sending him the performance enhancing drugs and stuff. And then, you know, they'll be Skyping and basically showing them how, you know, where you need to take the shots, how often, and then it tests him. It's kind of like a, a more torturous, what's the, uh, Morgan Spurlock documentary. I'm already drawn a blank where he ate McDonald's for 30 days and recorded it. The show has supersized me. Thank you. Thank you. It's basically that, but for doping and cycling. Because it shows his progression as he's doping his performance because he tests, you know, he tests and then they put that little breathing thing on while he's cycling. And I guess to see if he's improved. Yeah. You know, as this as his days, weeks and months leading up to a competition, he even enters in a t- competition and, you know, smuggles in pee, you know, urine and all that. And it's crazy. But it's very fascinating. I would definitely recommend watching this. It's because it definitely and it shines a light on the investigation into the whole doping scandal and everybody that was involved in that. Icarus on uh, Netflix from 2017. Right. So it's two hours long, but doesn't feel it. Let's put it that way. It's just that interesting. So yeah. All right. That's all I got. No, uh, no family movie nights this week. It's kind of right. a crazy week with snow and everything. Yeah. And I couldn't get. I'm I'm trying to get Grayson to want to watch uh, Finding Ohana, which is like a treasure, like kids finding treasure in Hawaii. Mm-hmm. To, and York's already watched it, so I'm trying to get Grayson to want to watch it. And then on uh, Disney Plus dropped uh, Flora and and uh, Ulysses with the uh, superhero squirrel. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So yeah. I'm trying to get her to want to watch that too, and she's like, Nah, <laughs> I can't win. <laughs> like I'm trying. Maybe she'll uh, come around. Yeah. So I may just put it on this week anyways, and I'll watch it at least. Yeah. Um, so we talk about it next week. Um, so trailers, I've only got two, man. Only two trailers, but two big trailers, though. They released the trailer for Cruella, starring Emma Stone as Cru- Cruella DeVille. It looks pretty interesting. Um, the costumes are going to be going to be pretty rad, I think. Um, I'll touch that later. Yeah, man, it looks it actually looks pretty good. Uh, kind of surprised. I'm curious how they're going to go about it. I think it's supposed to be her origin story. Yeah. But it. So I'm curious how they're going to go about doing all that. Uh, it's an origin story, and how far they take it. Uh, but, I mean, I'm interested at least. Yeah. Whether it's going to be any good, that's another question. But I'm interested. Um, I think that's actually coming to Disney Plus too. I don't think that's coming to. It might be, it might be one of those premium nonsense things. Um, but yeah, it is coming out oh, May twenty eighth. So probably just it might actually come to theaters because we might actually be able to go to theaters again by then. 
Nice. Yep. Fingers crossed. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it's got Mark Strong, Emma Thompson, Paul Walter, directed by Craig Gillespie, who directed I Tanya and Lars and the Real Girl. So I'm gonna be there because I really like those movies. And then lastly, the one I kind of was hinting at earlier, the trailer for the Mortal Kombat movie came out yes. and dropped. The, not only that, the Red Band tra- trailer for it. Yeah, they just came on out like, let's go ahead and throw the Red Band out. <laughs> yep. They gotta know what they're getting into. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, it's gonna drop April sixteenth on HBO Max. I'm assuming theaters too. Uh, yeah, it's it is what it is, man. It's Mortal Kombat, and it is, I mean, all the way down to the fatalities and everything. It, it's like MKHD. <laughs> pretty much. It, yeah. But because of the fatalities is where I'm going, ah, do I want, should, should York watch this? Because <laughs> I, I think we can all assume it's going to be rated R. I don't think it's going to be, you oh, know, yeah. PG-13. It'll be pretty much you a horror. with a red band trailer, it's, it's going to be R. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it won't be because of language, it'll just be because of the violence and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, it looks badass. I mean, it, it looks, it looks good. Um, I think it's going to be one of those I need to watch it first before I decide whether or not York should watch it or not. Even though he's already seen John Wick, which if you've already seen John Wick, you kind of... I don't want it to be the standard, though, of like, well, he's already seen this. It can't get much work. You know, if he's already seen this, he'll be fine. I still think... Yeah. I still feel there needs to be, still be some standards. I mean, <laughs> and so that's why somebody doing a lot of shooting and headshots is different than having body parts deca- decapitated. Right, decapitated. <laughs> that's yeah. Which is probably difference. why he hasn't yeah. played the game either. Yeah. Like, we've got a couple of Mortal Kombat characters on Injustice, but Injustice is still fairly tame. Yeah. So, Injustice is the Fortnite of fighting games. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Like, it's... You still shoot people and they die, but, you know, it's not like playing Call of Duty, so... No. So. Not at all. <laughs> but yeah, I'm still... Like, I'm pretty sure, like the original... It won't be much of a story. Just like, hey, we got a competition. Yeah. You know, you go here and fight. But it fight, does seem like they're trying, though. At least according yeah. to the trailer. Terry looks like they're trying oh, yeah. to build some sort of story. I'm yeah. Like, I was like, I'm not expecting much on that. Just, nor should you. you know, as long as everything flows and makes yeah. sense. That's it. Just make it good. Just make I a good movie. I don't need to be logical. Like, I really don't even need right. it to be that logical because it's no. just fighting with weird people. So Yeah. Yeah, I don't. I don't need it to try and make sense or some sort of <laughs> some sort of hidden mystery. I, I, no, I don't need any hidden mysteries, bro. You no. can do you can do that with the floating <laughs> with the floating thing like in Star Wars. <laughs> do that at the beginning and then call it a day and then drop down and just let it go. Yeah, but I'm I'm ready for it. Yeah, I'm just glad they released the trailer because I'm like, okay, we got pictures and still yeah. shots. Eh, drop the trailer. <laughs> yep. But yeah, it uh I thought it was funny when someone posted something about a uh a fake uh <laughs> saying they were disappointed because Chun Li wasn't in the Mortal Kombat movie. I'm like, bruh. <laughs> Wrong franchise. Yeah. <laughs> Wrong studio. Like oh saying, my gosh. It's like saying you're like so mad that Superman didn't pop up in Avengers. It's not how that works. Uh Man. Oh, That's yeah. when you just look at the person like, man, we know this. K 
can't just you need to wait. Content. It's like yeah, you, you need to wait. You can get friends for how long? Yeah. Bye. <laughs> so it's inexcusable. Bye, Felicia. We out. Yeah. Yeah, but it, look, oh. it looks interesting. I, I like the character designs and everything in it. So I like how with Jax, it looks like later he's going to get a CGI body. <laughs> Yeah, because he's more buff when he gets the the arms. I'm like, right. all right, cool. Take it, literally. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, Sub Zero, Scorpion. I think I think that's gonna be the two main focuses as far as yeah backstories. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, they they focused on them a lot. Yeah. Well, it's because it's everybody's favorite characters. Yeah. For the most part. Yeah. That's this was gonna put the butts in the seats yep, or in front of your TV, or in, you know, in front of their own seats, whichever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> whichever. Um, yeah. So Golden Globes are Sunday. Uh, we'll put the ballot up on up on our group page, Facebook group page, so everybody can uh, be sure to download it, um, just like last year. We'll have a thread for everybody to put their picks. You know, just go in, use your edit tool on your phone or whatever, and go to town and then submit it. And then, you know, I'll be, I'm sure, posting stuff Sunday and Sunday night. Uh, Tina Fey and Amy Poe are hosting, so I'm curious how they're going to do, how that's going to go. If they're actually going to have people, like, butts in chairs or if it's going to be virtual. Um yeah, maybe that'd be cre- it's an opportunity for them to be creative. I know, know first time for everything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, get some of that creativity working. Yeah. Uh, what? All right. Well, uh, with that being said, uh, yeah, check out. Yeah, definitely uh, check all that out. And thank you for listening, as always. And don't forget to, you know, do the usual. Join the group page, invite your friends to join it, and uh, yeah, check it out. I think that's all I got, man. Until um, post post Golden Globes. Yeah. Post Globes. Um, oh yeah, this week the six extra episodes of Walking Dead season ten start. I actually watched the first one yesterday. It's interesting. We'll see. I don't. It's just basically picking up where the finale left off so far. Oh, okay. Maggie, Maggie's returned, and yeah, it's okay. <laughs> okay. All right, man. I wait till it all hits Netflix and just watch one fell swoop. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, and I got my Marvel shirt today. Boom, boom. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm sporting my Hitchcock shirt. So. <laughs> all right. <laughs> my Hitchcock shirt with my Kubrick background. And <laughs> <laughs> eh, you know. Uh-huh. Cool. Yeah. Cool, cool, cool. And then, uh, shoot, we'll have a lot to talk about next week. Golden Globes. See what's going on with WandaVision. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And then, you know, some movies that we got to watch, too, apparently. Somewhere in between. Yeah. Somewhere in there. Yeah. They always come up. Just whatever sparks my interest. Yep. Uh, U.S. versus Billy Holiday Friday. So. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Maybe I'll finally get around to watching Promising Young Woman. <laughs> Fingers crossed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right, people. Uh, 
Till next week, we will talk to y'all later. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed our show and have a moment, please rate and review. It helps us out a lot. Also, recommend us to someone that enjoys movies or also has kids. You can find us on Twitter at PA Movie Podcast and on Instagram at Parental underscore advisory underscore movie underscore pod. Be sure to join our Facebook group, Parental Advisory Movie Podcast, and join in on the fun.